Welcome to Grace and Peace Radio with your hosts, Anthony and Amy Russo. Grace and Peace Radio is a weekly Christian podcast where together we'll discuss how we can apply God's Word to everyday life. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. It's our hope that you will be encouraged and God will be glorified. And with that, let's start the show. All right, well... Hi, Amy. Hi. We're back. We're back. <laughs> Whether you like it or not. Yep. Uh, welcome back to... Um, uh, yeah. Uh, What's the name of that? Um, this, uh, no. Um, um, hmm. Grace and Peace Radio. Ah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, good. Glad you remembered it. I yeah, was a man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, mm. Yeah been a while just i was actually just on the phone with my mom and i was trying to figure out when it was may probably may or june yeah yeah so uh yeah first of all apologies mm-hmm. uh i i do have to ask your forgiveness this is entirely on me in short eh, i just got, kind of got burned out like i didn't know what yeah. else to do You know, uh, you feel like every week it was just, okay, I need to find some topic and then sort of run it through the Bible, Mm -hmm. like a piece of wood through a planer and okay, now it comes out as this thing, you know, and okay, here's, here's what we're going to talk about. So I just felt like, well, what else am I going to do? And of course I had just finished school and just. Just kind of needed a little bit of a break, but then it just turned into uh, a hiatus. That's fine. Yeah. So anyway, I want to experiment over the next few weeks. We're going to experiment with the format, mm-hmm. with how we do things. So if you have any comments, any feedback, we would welcome them. We really would. I mean, it, it really would be helpful to hear from our, I was going to say our readers, hear from our listeners on just what do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So email us at show at graceandpeaceradio.com. Show at graceandpeaceradio.com. We're going to try to do shorter shows mm-hmm. and with more of a conversational focus. Instead of, say, necessarily a Bible lesson, think of these as more devotional thoughts okay they're not gonna be chicken soup for the soul devotional thoughts no just things that as i've read things or you read things or we see things in scripture just things that strike us and help us grow in christ we're just going to start sharing those things yeah and it's i think something similar and again this is a work in progress But something similar to what you and I do when we're just discussing, hey, you know, this is what I saw in my Bible reading today that I thought was was really interesting. And, you know, you've done that with me. And so that's part of it. And that's how we share. Exactly. That's cool, too. Mm -hmm. And today. I want to read a story. And this story is really what prompted the whole episode. It's from a book called 50 Missionary Stories, written by a lady named Belle 
Brain. Yes, her name is Brain. It was published in 1903. So, I just love that. Mm-hmm. I found another book of hers, and I liked it so much, and it referenced this one that I bought this on like eBay or whatever it was. So sometime this year, I've kind of become a really old book, con- not connoisseur, but collector. Just, yes, I'm, I'm starting to collect a, a bunch of old books. So this is a story, let me go back, there's, and there's some really great stories in this thing. And this one is called A Safe Test. And I'm going to read the whole thing. It's, uh, it's only about a minute long. And this is, originally it was in something called From Modern Heroes of the Mission Field by the Right Reverend W. Packenham Walsh. There's a mouthful. That is a mouthful. Here we go. A safe test. In 1807, when Robert Morrison, the great apostle of China, was set apart for his work, he sailed for New York because it was impossible to reach his destination by a direct route. The hostility of the British government to all missionary effort was so decided that it was hopeless to expect transit for a gospel messenger in a British ship. But this was overruled for good. Friends of the truth in England furnished him with letters of introduction to others in New York, and those, and these commended him to the American consul at Canton and to other men of influence. A touching incident is recorded concerning his stay at the house of a Christian gentleman in New York. Morrison had been taken suddenly ill and was placed in the gentleman's own chamber, where... In a little crib beside the bed slept a child, whom it was thought a pity to disturb. On awaking in the morning, she turned to talk as usual to her parents, but seeing a stranger in their place was somewhat alarmed. After a moment's pause, she fixed her intelligent eyes steadily upon him and said, Man, do you pray to God? Oh, yes, my dear, said Mr. Morrison. Every day. God is my best friend. The answer seemed at once to reassure the startled child. She laid her little head contentedly upon her pillow and fell asleep. Morrison often referred to the circumstance and said it taught him a lesson of confidence and faith. Wow. By the way, listeners, this is the first I've heard this story as well. Wow, that's too cool. Isn't that neat? It really is. Yeah. Yeah. And so as I read that, it convicted me because I thought of his response of of saying, oh, yes, God is my best friend. And I, I thought that wouldn't have been the very first thing out of my mouth. Not mine either. That's been kind of percolating all day, and I just felt like I wanted to record something about this. And this idea of God is our best friend. And so with that in mind, I want to look at some scriptures, Okay. of course. We're going to do, we're not going to look at every every mention of friend or friendship in scripture, although actually there's a lot of them. It's surprising. 
but we're going to look at some scriptures and then just kind of come up with some some thoughts about it. Okay. First of all, the word friend itself, as I'm looking, and I'm really pulling this from Strong's Concordance. So, uh, a friend, someone dearly loved or prized in a personal, intimate way, a trusted confidant held dear in a close bond of personal affection. The word of the, the root of the Greek word, phylos, conveys experiential, personal affection. Say that again. Experiential, personal affection. Okay. Okay. So that's interesting in and of itself because mm-hmm. it's experiential. So there has to be some experience there, right? Especially right. if we see this experiential, personal affection. If you want to contrast that, there's Facebook. Right? <laughs> Facebook is neither experiential nor personal no. nor affectionate. No, not even close. And yet everybody's quote unquote friends on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's the definition of this. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's look for a minute at some verses that talk about friendship. Thinking chronologically for a second, mm-hmm. I'm going to fast forward into Isaiah 41, verse 8. But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the offspring of Abraham, my friend. Mm. So that's that's one thing. Then if we go back, we see in Exodus 33... Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Friend. In Psalm 25, verse 14, the friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he makes known to them his covenant. 41.9, even my close friend in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted his heel against me. So obviously that's a Prophetic, a foretelling of Judas. Oh, okay. That's right. Psalm 55, 13. But it is you, a man, my equal, my companion, my familiar friend. We used to take sweet counsel together within the house of God. We walked in the throng. Uh, And he's talking about, and again, I believe that also points to Judas. And then, because later on in 5520, it says, My companion stretched out his hand against his friends. He violated his covenant. I already talked about Isaiah 41, 8 with mm-hmm. Abraham. In Luke 12, 4, Jesus says, I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body, and after that have nothing more they can do, etc. And remember in John 11, what Jesus said to the disciples about Lazarus? After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I Mm -hmm. go to awaken him. So he called Lazarus his friend. John 15, this is probably the most intimate use of it. Here it is in the upper room. Right. And Judas has already 
left. And Jesus is saying to the rest of the, the disciples, starting in verse 12, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. Several times there he talks about friends. Yeah, that last one was the one I was the most familiar with. Mm -hmm. And again, there are other examples of just regular human friendships and so on. But I got to thinking about all this and it occurred to me just in those verses. Friendship is God's idea. I mean, friendship is actually an aspect of creation. It's, it's something that God created for us. And the Holy Spirit put friendship into inspired scripture. I mean, God wanted specifically put that in scripture. Mm-hmm. And you were just saying about um, God putting that in creation, even when he said it's not good for man to be alone. Granted, that was for a mm-hmm. wife, for yeah. Eve, but friendship would be part of that. Right, right. And then, and looking at these verses about friendship and what God says about who, are, who his friends are, if we are truly born again, if you're listening to this and you know you are truly born again, God has saved you, you are not who you were, your sins are forgiven, you are new in Christ. Whether we think of our relationship with God as also being a friendship with him or not, he clearly does. He thinks of our relationship, his relationship with us as a friendship. Obviously, it's much more than that. It's adoption, sonship, daughtership, all those things. But God thinks of it also as a friendship. Yeah, and I don't know, for me personally, it's a good thing that God does consider it a friendship because, like you were saying, you know, where that wouldn't necessarily have been the first thing you had said to somebody, I don't always think of God as my friend or Jesus as my friend. Right. And certainly have sung the hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, mm-hmm. enough times in my life. Yeah. I know it's something I need to think more of but I'm very thankful that he thinks of it that way. Right, right. And that was what I was thinking when I read that, when I read Morrison's reply. I mean, granted, he was framing it to a child, so it makes sense. But it's totally applicable, and it's something that it, it, it teaches adults mm-hmm. as well. Because like you, as I read that, I started thinking about it, and yet I said, well, Lord, you're my Lord. You're my God. Jesus, you're my Savior. You're Father. You're, you're my Father. Right. You know, you're all these things and more. And I'm thinking of all these high and lofty mm-hmm. titles and these Isaiah 6 kind of images of God uh, in my mind. And yet, I didn't think of simply a friendship. 
So it was just a good reminder. Mm-hmm. And I know for myself, I have to remind myself of some of those high and lofty attributes of God. Uh, some couple books that I've been reading as far as approaching God and remembering his holiness and such. But like a book on prayer I'm reading, it speaks of really God is our father. Adding that layer of he is also our friend really should bring a lot of comfort because our friends are there for us. And how much more if our human friends our true friends are there for us. How much more is God? Right. Yeah. Yeah. A, a friend sticks closer than a brother. Right. And again, how, how much more? So digging deeper again, if you're listening to this, if you're a Christian, it's good for you to check your heart to see if you consider God your friend. You know, remember that Jesus warned the church in Ephesus in Revelation chapter 2 that though they had done a good, a lot of good things, yet I hold this against you, he says in verse 4, you have forsaken your first love. Remember the height from which you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If, if you do not repent, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place. So we can be diligent in serving the Lord, but we can also be in trouble because we lose, you know, we, we leave our first love. Yeah. Then at that point we can be exactly what you said. We could be serving the Lord, but being so focused on, this is what I have to do. This is what I'm obligated to do. Or maybe just being legalistic about it, that you forget your first love. And when you have that first love, there's all this feeling and I'm not talking about emotionalism. Sure. Um, but this feeling that goes with that love, which includes friendship. Right. Well, and look at the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. That, clearly, there's a group of people who left their first love. Absolutely. And forgot that the Lord started out as the friend of, of Abraham uh, mm-hmm. and the friend of, of Jacob. Uh, and so... That's the danger of it. So we as Christians, while obviously we need to hold the Lord in a, have a high view of the Lord. Absolutely. The story was just a good reminder that we need to remember that day to day, strive to, to also remember that, to be friends with God. And then not just that, but also strive to make sure that he's your best friend, not just a friend, but a best friend. And and again, I I know I'm kind of pushing the story and and pushing the definition of the word and so forth. I mean, Morrison's statement, he's my best friend is that's a statement in a story. It's not, you know, it's not scripture, but the point is there. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing to to keep in mind that God is your best friend because when when you are struggling, when you are in trial, when you are afraid and you tend to go to the human element of I have nobody to talk to, I have nobody to share this with, the very first person we should be sharing this with as believers 
is running to to God and mm-hmm. and laying that and say, look at the Psalms. That's what the psalmists did. They laid it before God. They they expressed exactly what they felt in their struggles in their trials in their joy they would go to to god and express their joy right and that's one of the for example that's one of the pet peeves i have about social media i see so many professing christians lamenting on twitter facebook whatever and saying you know Pray for me. Pray for this. Pray for this. Pray mm-hmm. for this. Pray for that. And it's fine to share prayer requests. I get it. But I really have to wonder, and frankly, I'm often cynical, thinking you probably haven't prayed about this mm-hmm. yourself. If you're going to ask for prayer for something, it's up to you first to be the one to go into your bedroom, shut the door, right, and pray. Go and seek the Lord about it. Don't outsource your prayer life. That's an excellent way to put it. Don't outsource your prayer life. You know, you, you need to go to the Lord. You need to be in His Word. Yeah, for those. I mean, it's for that kind of thing. It's just lazy. Hmm. Hmm. And I see it a lot. And you know, again, I can't. I'm not. I can't see the person's heart. I don't know if they've prayed. I don't, I have no idea, but. Well, there's so much of it out there and there's so much of that emoting. I don't know another way to put it. I mean, yeah. And also check yourself. Is there anything or anyone that you have greater affection for? Good point. Including yourself. I think more especially yourself. Right. No. I, I think that's, yep. You know, what are the things that we gravitate to instead of praying or instead of reading our Bibles? It doesn't mean that we read our Bibles 24-7, but, you know, when you have that impulse to pray, when the Holy Spirit gives you an impulse to pray or an impulse to, or you know, I really need to be in, in the Word. I need to spend some, some time in the Word and you don't do it. What are those things that are keeping you from the Lord? Mm-hmm. And need to assess that right quickly I, before it gets out of hand. And I'll, I'll maybe we'll talk about this more in a future episode. But a real clear example of that is go into I think it's like uh, I forget where it is in Judges, Judges ten maybe thereabouts. Uh, Gideon after after all the battles and everything. Mm-hmm. What does he do? He sets up an ephod. And the ephod, whatever it was, it it prostituted his whole family. Him right. and his family uh, and everyone. And it ruined them. Um, not permanently, but it, it really messed them up. So anyway, another caution, just as we were reading some of those verses, is I think it was, what, three times in the Old Testament, there are mentions of friendship where really it's it's Judas. It makes sense. What I know I tend to forget is the fact that Judas was with Jesus for three years. I mean, intimately with Jesus, they traveled everywhere together. And yeah, he would have been a friend. Right. 
don't conflate sentimentalism or religion or piety toward God or your Christian upbringing, your cultural awareness of Christianity and church and Bible and all these things. Don't confuse those as salvation and, and, and don't, and I'm not saying this to, to, to be preachy to you listeners. I'm including myself in this. We can't rely on those things as gauges of our friendship with God. We can't say, oh, because of these things, I know I'm friends with God. Right. Or, you know, me and the Lord, we're, we're tight. Mm-hmm. So another thought about this, if you, if you are born again, your friendship with the Lord is there by Jesus. He is the one who made you, made me, who were enemies, friends with the Lord. He is the one who brought us in, into fellowship with the Lord. So enjoy it. It's what you do with friendships. You enjoy them. So enjoy your fellowship with Jesus, your friendship with Jesus, your friendship with the Lord daily. It's checking yourself, and I speak for myself, it's checking yourself that when you are coming before the Lord, which we are allowed to do through Christ and do it boldly, and yes, we keep God's holiness in mind, but to check ourselves that we're not just rushing to him with our laundry list. Mm -hmm. That as we do with our human friends, Sometimes we just sit there and enjoy each other's company and just enjoy that and not ask anything of one another, just appreciate that friendship. So we do have to check ourselves to make sure that we're, we're doing that or we're missing out. You know, we really are missing out on what Christ did for us. Right. So I want to end with a couple of specifically practical ways we can think about our friendships with the Lord and how we can cultivate those. Because that's what we do with friendships, right? We, we talk with, we spend time with. We do what cultivates friendships and we avoid what hampers them. And we have to especially do that in our friendship with God. We, we have to discipline ourselves and because obviously we are still sinful in this world mm-hmm. um, and we've still got the, the flesh. So we have to discipline ourselves to cultivate our relationship with the Lord as much as it depends on us. Right. Which also means we strive to not do those things that would hamper, right? Hebrews 12, uh, right? Lay, lay aside every weight and the sin that right. so easily exactly. besets us. Mm-hmm. So uh, a few practical things to further cultivate your friendship with the Lord. Pray. And like you said moments ago, it's not just bringing a laundry list. It's reading scripture, thinking thoughtfully about it in your time in prayer and letting God speak to you through the word. Mm-hmm. Pray, sing songs to the Lord, 
think about Jesus. Think about the goodness of God. Think about the kindness of God, the mercy of God, which kind of goes into the next thing. Pray, read your Bible, and when you read it, meditate on Scripture. In other words, be often recalling and mulling it over. And it's that's so, so important. It's some, one of those things that I've really been meditating on. Mm. No, one of the things I've been thinking about a lot over the summer has been really thinking about the Word of God and what I've read and keeping it mindful throughout the day. Right. It's important. Yeah. Having the, the, the Word hidden in your heart so that when things come up or, you know, for good or for bad, what, you know, whatever the thing is in your day, you just, you think about the Lord as, as your mind has a free moment from the regular cares of the world. Do good at every opportunity. Jesus said, we read it, John 15, you are my friends. It, it, you know, if, if you, you love me, if you do what you, what I command you. Mm-hmm. And so the Lord wants us to do good. And sometimes you do it even if you don't feel like it. Right. Or the, if the person doesn't deserve it because we didn't deserve it. Sure. Yep. Flee from evil at every opportunity. Right? So do good at every opportunity. Flee evil at every opportunity. Again, move away from those things that are going to squelch your union with the Lord. Right? Don't watch stuff that's going to fill your head with garbage and things that displease the Lord because then you're only, you know, quenching the spirit and you're you're quenching the unity with the spirit. Trust God. So this is believing his word, you know, reading the word and then believing it. Mm-hmm. And obey God. Love the Lord first and your neighbor. Worship. Worship the Lord, whether it's just recalling to mind his attributes, his deeds, his promises singing songs, whatever the thing is for you as far as worship, as the scripture gives us examples, do those things. And and part of that with worship, I would say with songs that just came to mind is get into the old hymns. I mean, what a friend I have in Jesus. Trust and obey. I surrender all. Some of the old hymns have good gospel messages in them. And listen to the words, because it's Christ-focused, it's God-focused, and it'll come to mind when you need it. That, that, that right. happens to me occasionally. But yeah, I just would encourage just the some of the good old hymns that uh, right. are gospel-centered that in, in your worship to keep the focus on God. Yep. And so the point is, read those things that will foster deepen, cultivate that friendship with the Lord, you know, reading 50 missionary stories. And think about it. This lady compiled this, wrote this 1903. And here it is almost 120 years later, someone is still benefiting from it. And then the last thing I had was rejoice. The Lord tells us over and over and over. And he told Israel over and over and over, Rejoice, rejoice. You read the, the Pentateuch 
over and over again, God commanded the Israelites, rejoice. Yeah, I read Nehemiah not too long ago, and when the whole of the congregation came together to celebrate the finish of the wall and of the temple, and there were some who remembered what the original temple looked like and were weeping, and Nehemiah specifically said, this is not a day for weeping. This is a day for rejoicing. Rejoice. Yep. Excellent. Yeah. Great, great example. And great recall of the word. Great meditating on it, recalling it. Thank you. Good job. So as I was touched at the kind reminder of God through that story that he considers me his friend, and I thanked him for that, I wanted to just share that if you are in Christ, he considers you his friend now. And just remember that and bask in it. And at the same time, let me just add one quick word of caution. If you're not born again, if you're listening to this and you're religious or if you're spiritual, spiritual or whatever the case is, if you wouldn't identify yourself as I am born again by the Spirit of God. I am not who I was. I have never trusted in Jesus Christ for salvation and repented of my sins and turned to him to be saved. If you've not had that experience with Christ, you are not a friend of God. Contrary to what you may think, even if you you would vehemently say that you are a friend of God, God says you're his enemy. Absolutely. And I can say that because the word of God says that and because I was in your shoes. And mine. And so was I. And so, frankly, don't be deceived. Don't deceive yourself into thinking that you are a friend of God if you are not. Because the only basis, the only way any of us have friendship with God is through the person and the finished work of Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection, and ascension. That's that's the basis of our friendship. And if you think that your basis is anything else, your good works or whatever, I'm telling you, you're fooling yourself. And if you have any questions, feel free to email us, show at graceandpeaceradio.com. Be happy to talk to you more about it. That's true. So again... Thank you all for your grace to us as uh, we had our absence, but I hope that uh, the Lord has been taking care of you. I know he has, no matter what, and we look forward to talking with you again soon. Yes. Thanks for sticking with us, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you, so please don't hesitate. Yep. God bless you. God bless. Well, that's our show for today. I hope you'll join us next time as we spend time in God's Word, looking at how we can grow in our knowledge of Him, our love for Him, and our service to Him. Grace and Peace Radio is honored to be a member of the Christian podcast community. It's a ministry of striving for eternity. Find more Christian podcasts at christianpodcastcommunity.com. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, visit us at graceandpeaceradio.com and on Facebook. Until next time, I'm your host, Anthony Russo, and Jesus changed my life.